We've been hearing a lot about Jesus' healing ministry in our Gospels recently, both on Sunday and on the weekdays. And here Jesus heals the man with a speech impediment and with deafness. He puts his finger into his ears. Of course, the finger of God is another name for the Holy Spirit. And he opens this man up and heals him. He makes whole what was broken. He restores what was damaged. You know, that first reading today, we could also say, is kind of a prophecy about Jesus' healing. The, the kingdom of Israel is splitting in two, and the prophet, Ahijah, takes this brand new cloak, this cloak that's whole. There's nothing injured or broken about it. He rips it into 12 pieces for the 12 tribes. He says, here's your 10. Judah's going down south. This kingdom is being divided. It's being broken up as rebellion happens. What caused that brokenness of the kingdom of Israel into these divided kingdoms being conquered by their enemies? It was false worship. It was the worship of foreign gods begun under Solomon and continued. It was false worship that led to the need for healing. The church is the continuation of Jesus' healing ministry on this earth. The healing power of Jesus has passed over into his disciples, into the prayer of Jesus' followers, into the sacraments as well. The church's mission continues Jesus' healing ministry. His command to cleanse lepers, heal the sick, even raise the dead. Yes, this still happens. To take what is broken and what is in pieces, what is, what is wounded, bodies that are, that are not working, not fitted together, uh, souls that are broken in pain and despair. The church's mission is to bring the healing of Jesus to the nations, just as he did. Well, even though a broken bone or uh, sadness of soul might not always be caused by a kind of uh, false worship, <laughs> At the root, at the very root of healing, the church calls people, the church summons people to true worship, to right praise. That mending bones and helping people emotionally, feeding the poor, are all things that Christians are called to do. But the church, as a loving mother, summons her children to the deepest healing, which is once again to discover true worship, how to praise God, how to worship God in spirit and truth. It can often be a kind of a false dichotomy of people who might argue, well, you know, the the church has all these people to help. There's all these hungry people, all these people in need, the homeless, uh, the sick, uh, people suffering oppression, injustice. We have to minister to them. How do, how do we have time to spend talking about how we worship and our prayers and the music at church, these kind of things? But that's a false dichotomy. Because when humankind worships well and enters into true worship, the rest of humanity begins to be restored. That's why we spend so much time in the church talking about 
what it means to worship, how do we pray, how do we celebrate the Eucharist. If you come to Spirit and Fire tonight, my talk is, my little talk is about how do we get more out of the Mass. It's basically like how do we worship more truly. <laughs> because the deepest healing comes from men's hearts being set aright to worship, not an idol, not something false, but the true and living God. That's the message of Jesus, it's the message of the scriptures, it's the teaching of our church. That we are not yet fully healed unless we have discovered and learned how to truly worship God. Not creatures, not other people, not myself, but discovering how to worship God and enter into the mystery of praise. As we celebrate this Eucharist, as we worship now, Let's ask for that grace, that our worship of God will be more and more pure and true and heartfelt. And that if we want to heal other people, that we would also share with others how they are called as well into true worship. <laughs>